0: Dynamite, scandal on Broadway, riots in Atlanta and Seattle, horrible buzzsaw death, fraudulent construction practices threatened pedestrians, depravity in Chicago, and much more, in A Year of Crime, as reported in the newspapers in West Tennessee for the 11th of February, 1886. Dynamite at New York. New York, February the 10th. 2,400 pounds of dynamite, concealed under a pile of oats in a barn near one of the workings on the new aqueduct, contrary to law, was seized today by the fire department and will be removed to the powder ships. It was considered extra hazardous to life in the vicinity. A large quantity of explosives is believed to be concealed at various points along the line of work. The Broadway Railroad Scandal, New York, February the 10th. The Post says that persons connected with the Broadway Railroad, now under investigation by the State Senate Committee, are growing anxious. That it is reported on good authority that when the committee again res- assemble on Friday, a certificate signed by Dr. Lomas and a brother physician will be presented, stating that it will endanger the life of Mr. Sharp if he is compelled to submit to further questioning, that he is subject to heart disease, and any excitement may tend to aggravate the trouble. And that he may drop dead at any time that the reading clerk of the common council and several members of that body who voted for the franchise have gone to florida and that the man who is credited with having distributed the corruption fund is ill at his home in new jersey the situation at seattle seattle washington thursday february the 10th the city has become a military camp and every corner is guarded by a sentry. and military rule is supreme there has been no effort on the part of the rioters to interfere, nor even to hold a meeting. They are without recognized leaders and are utterly powerless to do anything so long as the military are under arms. A Horrible Death St. Louis, Illinois, February the 10th Henry Thielen, a farmer living at Caseyville, met with horrible death yesterday. He stopped at a planing mill and sat on a raised counter covering a bus saw, which was not running at the time. While sitting conversing with some friends, the saw started, and a few moments afterward, the counter fell to its customary position. The saw flashed upward through the slit in the container and cut Thylan in two. He died instantly. A singular question of law. Chicago, Illinois, February the 10th. A bill for petition involving a singular question of law was filed yesterday in the Superior Court by William H. Talbot of Boston against the heirs of the late Mrs. Clarissa R. Wilson asking for a portion of Mrs. Wilson's estate. The bill sets out that Mr. and Mrs. James L. Wilson, while living by themselves in Winnetta, Illinois, were murdered on the night of February thirteenth, eighteen 1884, and were the succeeding day found dead in their home that there is no evidence in existence proving or tending to show that the husband survived his wife she left a will giving the bulk of her property to her husband but as there is nothing to show he survived her as to take another take under the will it is claimed that the bequest lapsed and the estate devised her husband descended to, to her heirs her husband bequeathed his estate to several nephews, nieces, and descendants. Talbot is Mrs. Wilson's nephew. The property involved consists of real estate in Illinois and at Dighton, Massachusetts. Testimony will be taken attempting to show which of the two murdered people was first dispatched by the assassin. Utah Land Frauds Excitement over Demence Statements Dying Out Chicago, Illinois, February the 10th a Salt Lake Special says the excitement over the reputed statements of R.S. Dement, the Surveyor General, has died out. Great frauds and land entries were undoubtedly perpetrated in the early days of the land office, and these have lately been fully reported by the special agent who spent all last summer and fall in looking up such frauds. Brigham Young, president of the Mormon Church, was the chief man in such work. He had a four-room house built on runners. Hauling it to the center of a section of land, each one of the four quarters would have a room on its corner. Four men would sleep there one night, each occupying a separate room, and the next day they would make preemption filings at the land office, while four other men would perform a similar act the next day and night, and so on, till most of the beautiful Catch Valley was entered. Soon afterward, the men appeared at the land office, proved upon their preemptions, paid over $1.25 per acre, which had been handed to them in a crowd by someone at their back, and then they would deed the land to Brigham Young. Your correspondent has seen the affidavits of men who acted for Young in making these fraudulent entries, for which service they were paid eight bushels of wheat. Reports on and proofs of the frauds are on file in the Department of the Secretary of the Interior at Washington. Dangerous buildings at Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, February the 10th. The costly county building still continued to crumble and still remain a source of danger to pedestrians. For the seventh time, within the past 18 months, one of its carved ornamental stones fell crashingly to the sidewalk. At 8.30 o'clock last night, a block of limestone, known as a cornice pendant, fell from the top of the Clark Street front just over the main entrance and created consternation in the neighborhood for a few minutes. It dropped through the south, opening in the portico, and striking the broad steps that lead to the first story, smashed portions on two of the steps and displaced portions of three others. The stones weighed about 150 pounds and rolled across the sidewalk into the piled-up snow near the street. In its passage across the sidewalk, it is said, it struck the dress of one of three ladies who were passing at the time, tearing a portion of it away. The ladies, of course, were terrified, as were several other pedestrians who were not so close to the point of danger. It was soon afterward reported that another stone was about to fall from the same height. It is claimed that either the side of the street ought to be fenced in or prompt measures taken to render the building secure. The construction of the building has always been a matter of controversy. Allegations of fraud against the contractors in the courts and newspapers have been made from time to time. Atlanta, Georgia, February the 10th. Rumors of a riot have reached here from Clayton County. Three men, two brothers named Venable and one named Dolan, are reported to have been shot. Cleveland, February the 10th. Thomas Witter, a young farmer in Henry Township, Hancock County, quarreled with an aged neighbor named Jefferson Adams about a boundary fence today. Witter struck Adams on the head with a large club. Adams will die and Witter has disappeared. Bloody shooting affray, Atlanta, Georgia, February the 10th. Last Monday night, George Venable and his brother-in-law, W.C. Dullin, went to the residence of Matt Harris near Jonesboro and endeavored to attract the attention of Mrs. Harris. Her husband fired upon them, mortally wounding Venable. Dullin removed him to a house in the neighborhood and then returned to the house of Harris to avenge the shooting of Venable, whereupon Harris shot him also, inflicting a fatal wound. All the parties are white. The Columbia seduction, the climax, and the scandal reached. Indictment of the Arnold murderers in Nashville, specials from all points. Special to the appeal, Nashville, Tennessee, February the 10th. The grand jury today indicted Ben Brown, Simon Fox, Nelson Jocelyn, and Foster Jocelyn for the murder of Frank Arnold, and their trial was set for the 24th instant. The Gold Brick Swindler. The trial of Hennessy, the Gold Brick Swindler, was set for the 15th instant. The climax to the Columbia seduction. The climax to the seduction suit at Columbia was reached at 10 o'clock this morning when Miss Annie Nicholson, the lady who was seduced, gave premature birth to an 8-pound boy. Mother and infant are doing well. Criminal doings of a day. Revolting case of depravity at Chicago. A white woman killed by her Negro lover. A minister's fall. Revenue frauds. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, February the 10th. The committee of ministers who have been investigating the charges against the Reverend Dr. Pershing, president of the Pittsburgh Female College, rendered their verdict this morning. They found him guilty of dishonesty and of lying, and also on the general charge of immoral conduct. The charge of obtaining money under false pretenses was not sustained. Dr. Pershing is suspended from clerical functions by the finding. Killed by her Negro lover, Charlestown, West Virginia, February the 10th. Yesterday morning, Eddie Jones, a once-beautiful woman, was shot by Al Williams, her colored lover. The bullet took effect in the back part of her head, fracturing the skull in such a manner that the brain oozed out. Williams and the woman lived together in Modoc Alley, this city, a long time. She came here from Portsmouth, Ohio, about two years ago and says she is from a good family, having assumed the name of Jones out of respect to her family. Williams is in jail. The woman can live but a short time. Extensive Revenue Frauds, St. Louis, Missouri, February the 10th. United States Deputy Marshal Wheeler arrived in town this morning from Cape Girardeau County with three prisoners charged with internal revenue frauds of an extensive character. The parties arrested are William T. Stepp of Salem, Dent County, who for seven years past has been the government gouger and storekeeper at Apple Creek, Cape Girardeau County. David Kreitz, alias Little Dave, and Henry Kreitz, both members of a numerous family of distillers in southern Missouri. The Kreitz distillery was seized yesterday, and the officers found 1,650 gallons of whiskey stored in the warehouse. An officer was placed in charge. Storekeeper Stepp is charged with failing to make correct turns to the government and with failing to mark the barrels, which it was his duty to do. Died of a Broken Heart, New York, February the 10th. At about midnight, Mrs. Kate Parker, 42 years old, applied to the police for assistance in the case of her 16-year-old son, Paul, who, she said, was in the habit of returning home late every night, intoxicated, creating a disturbance and abusing her. Detective Blassert was detailed to accompany Mrs. Parker home and arrest her son. When they reached the corner of First Avenue and Sixth Street, the woman stopped suddenly, placed her hands over her heart, and with a cry of grief fell to the sidewalk where she exclaimed passionately, Oh God, my heart is breaking. The woman was carried back to the station house and died on the way thither. Her son Paul was shortly afterward arrested. When he saw the dead body of his mother, he threw himself upon it and expressed great sorrow, saying that he was the cause of it all. Fled to Canada, Chicago, February the 10th. A daily news special from White House, Ohio says, The residents of this village have been greatly startled to learn that Mayor O.G. Wells has fled to Canada because of irregularities in his business. Besides being the agent of the Wabash Railroad at this point, he had a pension agency. He recently procured a pension for Mrs. Roach, amounting to $1,400. It is alleged that he charged her $300 commission. The legal rate is $10.00. When she went to collect the money, it is said Wells had to give notes for $400. These were endorsed, and when they came due, Wells told the lady that the endorsements were worthless. He is said to have also charged David Warner a commission of $300 on a pension of $1,400, which his widow is now trying to collect. A warrant has been issued for Wells' arrest for extorting a compensation above that allowed by law. Revolting Case of Depravity, Chicago, Illinois, February the 10th. A revolting case of depravity was revealed when Charles Richardson and his wife Lizzie were taken before a justice yesterday by an officer of the Humane Society. The Richardsons were charged with cruelty to their five children. The testimony of officers and neighbors showed that the youngest children had been sent out to beg. The two oldest, a boy and a girl, worked in large stores downtown. The girl received $2 a week. The children were obliged to give their money to their parents, who at once invested it in whiskey. One of the little girls, it is said, was turned out of doors one night and told never to return. She went to the neighbors, and the case was reported. The court fined the father $100 and the mother $50. The latter will go to the Martha Washington house. The father goes to the Bridewell, and the children go to the home for the friendless. Bitten by a Mad Mule, Atlanta, Georgia, February the 10th. John O'Neill, a planter of Fulton County, is dying of hydrophobia. He was bitten by a mad mule, which was shot on Sunday. The mule had been bitten by a mad dog three weeks before. On Friday, Mr. O'Neill went into his barnyard, and the mule was standing still. When Mr. O'Neill was within a few feet of the animal, it suddenly sprang with his mouth open upon him. Mr. O'Neill started to run, but before he had taken a half dozen steps, the mule had him under his feet and began biting. He grabbed him first in the leg and then the body. Mr. O'Neill screamed for help, and persons who were nearby ran to his aid. The mule did not move at first, and a liberal use of the stick was necessary to drive the beast away. Year of Crime, as reported in the newspapers of West Tennessee, will return tomorrow with another look at the crimes in the headlines.